Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Happy weekend, everybody. I'm joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a long time since we've been in studio together. We were for such a long time, one home, one in studio, but it feels great to be and normal to be back in studio together. Yeah. And joined uh, also, uh, also joining us this morning, Sharon McNamara, Boston Connector Real Estate. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. And you guys look wonderful. We look, I I look (laughs) awful. I haven't showered and to this morning and, but that's the beauty of radio. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. Oh, Sharon joining us remotely from the boat. That looks lovely. Your background looks like a fake background, but it's actually real. (laughs) Beautiful. Oh, awesome. Off in the distance is Ernie Buck's house, if you can. Oh, really? (laughs) The biggest one, the biggest one there is his? Oh, wow. Yeah, the biggest one there is his. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. It looks like a beautiful morning. Yeah, we're here for our anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. How many? How many years? Nine years on the 29th will be 29 years. Oh, wow. Oh, congratulations. You know what? I forgot that it's the same as my parents, right? We talked about that. We probably talk about this every year and Kirk's birthday. Mm. So, I'll be tw- and I'll be 29. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wishes. Mm-hmm, it all lines up. Well, thank you for being here this morning, despite being away for your anniversary. I really appreciate it. We're going to talk about re- a variety of real estate stuff this morning. That's my plan. Um, I, I really want to. Um, you know, talk about the current market. I haven't chatted with you in a while uh, just to catch up. And and I I guess I don't really have my pulse on um, what's going on in the real estate market since the crazy spring that we had. So that'll be all good um, to catch up. So that's our plan for today. I don't have a fancy title. I just wanted to talk about, you know, what it's like for buyers now, what it's like for sellers, what sellers should be doing. I wanted to talk a little bit about interest rates and is it a good time to buy? Of course it is. And and all that stuff. And But let's just jump right in. Let's start with let's start with the current market. What's, what's going on? I, you know, I've just, I haven't touched base with you again in a little while, but the last few times we chatted earlier in the spring, it was just kind of like things were insane and bidding wars and people overbidding, uh, bidding uh, significant amounts over asking and all that. Mm -hmm. So what's going on and is that stuff, is it still crazy and is that stuff still happening? So it's actually slowing down a bit. Um, 
but it was what I was considering this market actually over the spring was actually reckless. So I have a team. So Mary Baker is on my team. Obviously, I'm, um, I also own the company, Boston Connect Real Estate, but I have Melissa Wallace actually runs the whole office and does all that. And all the agents were just as busy and just as crazy. But I noticed uh, in the spring, to tell you where we are, I'll tell you where we were. Yeah. So in the spring, it was so reckless. I just, I was in the market during 2004, 2005, when people were bidding crazy and inventory was low. But that rush was based on the banks. Remember, yeah. the banks were doing, you know, the appraisals weren't accurate. They were just giving away money. It was they were, no loans, yeah. 100% financing. Yeah. So people didn't really care. So when the market swung and we went into the decline in 2010, it was people leaving their keys on the kitchen counter because they didn't care. It was none of their own money. It was the bank's money. So that's how yeah. we ended up in that situation. The difference this time that I saw were people, the buyers were actually bidding against each other. And the way that I've been explaining it on my show um, is that it started out like this. Oh, we have low inventory, a four bedroom colonial comes on the market. There's a bunch of people who want that four, bunch of, that four bedroom colonial. Somebody goes in, with, let's just say it started out smooth, like let's just say 10 to 15 offers on this one property. People were putting their best foot forward and someone came up with cash. Let's just say that house was on the market just for round numbers, $500,000. Somebody bid 25, but somebody gave cash. So the seller took the cash thinking that, oh, cash is king. But in all reality, I mean, the banks, if you have a good loan, you know, a good bank that's giving you the loan, you, you, as a seller, you're still getting the money anyways. So then the next time a four bedroom colonial comes on, you have that same group of buyers, but now even more buyers have joined the market. So now we have 20 people putting in bids and they're like, well, I can't, I don't have cash. So I know I'm gonna bid against cash. I'm gonna give you 550. Somebody else is saying, I know that someone's gonna go over. So I'm gonna give 575. <laughs> and somebody else is gonna say, yeah. all right, well, I'm gonna do 575, but I'm gonna waive my home inspection. And then the next person says, you know what? I know that someone's going to give 575, waive their home inspection. So I'm going to waive my mortgage contingency. Yeah, unbelievable. Reckless. To the point yeah. where when in June, I had a three-bedroom cave. And I'm not kidding. It was three bedrooms, maybe two and a half. One room was very small. An engineer owned it. He was wonderful. I mean, he was the best person to list for. The house was perfect. I got more comments on him labeling his pink cans than anything else. <laughs> serious right <laughs> everybody mentioned it so actually mark and i were away that weekend so mary and the rest of my team did we, we had to be there for the showings because they were back to back three days of showing 94 showing oh wow 40 40 offers wow 40 wow. offers as if it was the only house available what, in the world when was this so, a couple months ago yeah it was in june okay was that pembroke or yeah, it was in Pembroke. It had a nice swimming pool. It was nicely done. Nice yeah. curb appeal was yeah. beautiful. Nice little side street. I put that on the market for six seventy nine. And when I use my numbers, I'm looking. I'm basing it on other three bedroom capes that have sold in Pembroke in the last six months. I was reaching at six seventy nine, but I was like, this market's a little crazy. Like I feel like we can test it. The seller was even like Sharon, like oh, I'm a little nervous. And I was like, I feel like we'll. I feel like we'll be fine. We got forty offers. Do you know somebody offered $900,000 oh, on this house? That is insane. Yeah. Is that the one he took? Or was no, it a weird... I didn't take that one. Oh, no, for whatever I reason. Up, we ended yeah. up taking one for eight fifty-seven, eight fifty-seven five, And this is the reason oh why everyone's gosh. like, oh, the money, the money, the money. And a lot of work goes into this, but 40 offers, I'm dissecting them. I'm actually going to bring this over to you one day just so you can get a yeah. really good idea of what this actually... 40 offers looks like this. Yeah. And going through all the pre-approvals and everything. The reason we didn't accept the $900,000 one was... I looked at it and it no mortgage contingency, no home inspection, looked very clean. Well, you always give a check. So a thousand to two thousand dollars with your offer. So the person, the buyer's address is on that. It's on the, the you know, the offer. So I went into MLS and I looked up their address and they had a condo that they were selling in Dorchester. And uh -huh. it was under agreement. 
So I called the agent and I was like, you know, I'm just a little confused, just confirming like you waived mortgage contingency and you didn't make this contingent upon the sale of their house. Are you saying they don't have to sell their condo in Dorchester in order to purchase this house? She got a little freaky and said, oh, you have to call the loan officer. So I was like, great, now I can talk to who I really want to talk to. And I asked him all the questions and then he ghosted me for an entire day. And then he called me the next day and he's like, listen, she should have never waived their mortgage contingency, their oh. appraisal contingency. Yeah. They have to sell their house in order to buy. Oh, okay. So but, good thing you made those calls. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about being reckless is, you oh, know, and again, this agent perhaps, you know, maybe she explained it to the seller, I mean, to the buyer exactly what the consequences are of just giving up all of your contingencies. I mean, those are there to protect you. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not there, you know. So, Wait, Sharon, can I, Sharon, so if, if, if you had accepted that offer and those yeah. people weren't able to sell their condo, like what hap what happens then? What happens to them or what are the yeah, penalties? Or falls through, right? Then yes, Yeah, they no, can't get well, their financing. It, it, yeah. If, if they couldn't get financing and it fell through, what potentially could have, and this is why I called because they were putting 5% down. So that would have been $45,000. I said, okay, fine. If you think that you're so secure on them, that condo going through, we want 10% down. So we want to hold $90,000. So I know if they don't sell that house, they can't buy this one. So if it fell apart, my seller would have been able to keep the $90,000 and go, okay. so and go agent, to the next so offer. Yeah. 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 And that, that agent was actually, that's what you have to do. You have to protect whether you're a buyer's agent or a seller's agent, you have to protect your clients, your fiduciary responsibilities to that person. And you were literally yeah. playing with $90,000. That's a lot of money to me. Is that right. a lot of money to you? Right. So that's, yeah. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a meaningful penalty, yeah, yeah, yeah. meaningful penalty to those people to, to overextend. And it also, you know, as you say, kind of protects your seller that, you know, they're not missing out on that hot market if, if okay. And right. the next buyer, right. you know? Right. So the one we took was 857.5 and there was one above that that was actually higher as well. And I explained to my client, I really feel more comfortable with this one because they had already sold a house. They were living with their parents um, and they, they were putting down like $500,000. Hmm. Wow. So even if this didn't appraise, we had no problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, they so. were putting such a large payment and, down. Wow. Was there like literally no other houses in Pembroke on the market that day? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> well, we were actually staggering our listings as they were coming on because, you know, we do a lot on the South Shore and in particular yeah. that, that, that month, it was a lot that we were doing in Pembroke specifically. So I was actually staggering my listings. So I wasn't competing. I didn't have one of my clients yeah. competing against another client, Yeah. Um, which is similar to what I'm doing right now in Dorchester. So I have another listing coming on, but I want to make sure my PNS is signed on my first one before I put the second one on. Yeah. Um, but of the 40 offers, you know, making the phone call to the other 39, by the way, is not an easy task. It's like, I'm sorry. People are like, and I, and we call every single one oh, okay. as a listing agent. We don't, we don't send out a mass email and I know how difficult it is for the buyers. So Mary and I called every single one of those buyers and we were like, you know, Hey, this is the reason why this might help you in the future. You yeah. know what I mean? For your next time around. And yeah. I think all the agents really appreciated that. Were most of the buyers people coming from the city? Like you mentioned Dorchester or mm -hmm. something, the, the, that $900,000 offer, were most of the people just fleeing the city and coming to the suburbs? That's mostly what was happening, right? In the spring? Mm, some of that was happening, yeah. yeah. Um, th th this one was coincidental because the people, this, the other people actually too, I think sold something in the city. Um, what we're seeing is a generation now of that, the younger generation that you know got out of college they were renting and then they bought their first condo in the city they sort of sold and they're starting their families so i'm starting yeah. to see that i don't see people fleeing based on covid like yeah. we did the year before okay so just um, the normal stuff of the 20 and 30 yeah. somethings first home stuff yeah. like that so yeah. what it was also let me one other thing on that whole thing with the 40 offer sorry to interrupt but yeah that's right what the generation that we're seeing right now that are purchasing homes is the generation that i call you know the generation that every kid deserves a trophy right you know what i mean <laughs> like when i was growing up yeah it's like you you got a trophy if you won right. or you got a trophy if you were sports yeah like you know everyone didn't get one but, everyone gets the um, ribbon in the race now yeah 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 everybody gets a trophy yeah right 
so that generation is purchasing houses right now. So one of the things that I was so, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about because I want your input on this is, um, I actually texted you and um, Michael, actually your dad on this. But yeah. Of the offer, one offer came in at like 750-ish, let's just say, it was a little bit higher and it was cash. And I was, okay, I need proof of funds, you know, send her, send me over everything. I had six different bank accounts and retirement funds from the thought of the father of the buyer. Hmm. Wow. The yeah, you mentioned was that. emptying out six <sighs> accounts. So bank accounts and retirement accounts wow. to give his son cash to put his son in a level ahead of everybody else. Wow. Yeah. Which I, I mean, curious to see what you think about that. I mean, if they have multi millions and are you know financially secure otherwise, and, and they can afford it, no issues. Mm -hmm. But, um, but not Based a on lot. What of, I was seeing, yeah, I was not necessarily it would have been the case. One yeah, yeah, because yeah. one account, like, and I had somebody else who had cash on another transaction, and it was like you know they sent me one piece of paper that showed you know five point six million in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this was like I'm gonna take. This uh, entire account. From yeah. here. I'm going to take 16 from here. I'm, you know, what yeah. I mean? it's just like pieces it. together. I mean, unless they were, they could have been pursuing some sort of a strategy where, you know, the dad was emptying a retirement account to get the son in or the daughter mm -hmm. into the home. And then they were going to mortgage it after the, after the purchase and then, you know, pay the dad back. And if you do that within 60, I'm not saying this is a good idea, but if the dad had gotten <laughs> the money back into the account within 60 days, which is a pretty short time horizon for getting a mortgage, right. um, then, then they could have avoided, you know, taxes and potentially penalties if they were on the young side, but. Or maybe there were, maybe there were plans for like an in-law, maybe, I don't yeah. know, but, oh, but, but yeah. But, oh, maybe, yeah, but yeah. that's, that's crazy. Crazy but, stuff, but, but yeah. yeah, generally speaking, not not a good idea. And even if you're, even if the parents were thinking that they were going to get their money back, you know, into the account within sixty days, if they ref if they finance the house afterwards, I mean, that's just really that's a tight, tight time horizon. Not a good. I would idea. say that. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, actually, I, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, sorry, especially when the house wasn't going to appraise at that amount. You know that that was risky in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Incredibly risky. Yeah. Incredibly mm. risky. Yeah. I would, I would put that yeah. under the, under your previous heading, Sharon, as under the reckless uh, heading. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If that's, yeah. if that's, if that's the whole yeah. story. Yeah. That's, that doesn't sound like yeah. a good financial plan. I'm glad you didn't go with that offer and hopefully they didn't do it on another house. Oh, I hope not. I know. Or if they did, hopefully that they had another 5 million somewhere out. else. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So, so what's it like now? Is it are are there still bidding war? Are people yeah. still bidding over asking? Is it still really low inventory? Like what's going on now? Yeah. So we still have very low inventory. So mm -hmm. that's sort of been what we've been going through for the past few years, anyways. But well, yeah, definitely seeing a slowdown. So at the beginning of the show, if you remember when I said that this house I priced at six seventy nine, I'm looking at the past six months. Mm -hmm. So let's just take that house in particular. Okay. It's a three bedroom Cape. It has a, um, a two car under, it has a swimming pool. It was on the market for 679, but it's now sold yeah. for 57.5. Oh my okay? God. Yeah. So I live in Pembroke. I have a three bedroom Cape. Mm -hmm. I have a swimming pool. I have a swimming pool in the three car garage. So guess what? The, if I'm going to value my house, one of my base points is 857.5. Wow. So yeah. now for the last mm -hmm. six months, if we're going back, so there's a couple that are still trickling around from like March, that when things weren't busy, March and April, those solds that are still, let's say normal, right? So those ones, but once those fall out, all of our, now our numbers are high. So if I was to list, let's say my house, that's my base point. So realtors know that obviously when they look at comps, what about banks? Do you know, like, did they recognize that? the fact that the numbers are in potentially inflated or or maybe they don't it's just the numbers are what they are and they're just going on the numbers do you know what i mean how do the banks yeah. look at it when it comes to when it comes to them offering financing yeah so the banks are in the same situation yeah. so as this was all happening it was so interesting again i've been in this industry for 20 years so i know a lot of the appraisers and a lot of the appraisers reach out to me too and they'll just say can you make sense of any of this like how can this possibly be and they're they're using they're using the same comparisons I am. Yeah. So they're looking okay. at what has sold. And one of the things I feel that we should be potentially doing is we should have another line item in MLS. 
that when we're inputting what the sale price was, we should also be inputting what the appraisal was. Because mm. that house that sold for eight fifty seven five, Right. What did it appraise at? Six fifty, right? Probably yeah, yeah well, six seventy five, whatever. Appraised in the, it, it appraised in the sevens. Okay. You know, based on where the market was, it appraised in the sevens, but certainly not in the eights or the nines. Right. So we should have that line item in there so we do know what it appraised at. But I can't see that. The appraisers can't see that. Sellers can't see it. By No one can see it. Yeah. That number, which I think that's why we now have these inflated prices. But now because yeah. we have that, what I call emotional value, and people were saying to, like Mary does works with a lot of our buyers, and she, we're 15 offers on properties and they're losing out. And they yeah. would say, well, what do you think that the house is worth? Well, I don't even think the house is worth what it's listed for, but it's emotional value. Mm. So how much emotion do you want to put into it? Yeah. And one of the other things that's going to happen, and it's going to happen to you as well, because this this happened in every single town, is when you look at your assessment and what your taxes are based on, your taxes are based on two-year prior sales. So in two years everybody's appraisal is going to go up. So right now my home in Pembroke is appraised in the 500s, let's say. Well, now I have that three bedroom Cape with the pool and the garage. It's in two years, the assessor is going to be looking at your taxes are going up. Cape, yeah. 857. Right. Yeah. So the tax rates probably, we probably, this is my, my prediction. So to say, we probably won't see tax rates increase in two years because everybody's, of assessment is going to increase in two years, which mm. I think people have to start really thinking about. Now, Pembroke itself just, you know, we just passed a proposition two and a half to build a new community center that's going to be wonderful in the center of town. But I also think about our seniors who they're on, you know, they're on mm -hmm. limited incomes. And, you know, when they're selling these two and a half, you know, propositions, it's, oh, it's, it's $100 over the year. It's $200 a year. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Well, their assessments are also going to be going up in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's infl I mean, we're seeing inflation everywhere, but this is like, but the numbers that you're throwing out is like 10, 20, 30% inflation on the, on prices of real estate in a short period of time, like a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah. Yeah. That's people who weren't even thinking about selling thought about selling. So those people that will go back to my Cape and they were great people too, but they, they came to me the year before. So they knew they were coming on in the spring, but they came to me and I want to say like August, September of 2020. And they said, okay, we're, we built, we're building a place in Maine and we're building a place in Florida. So we want to come on the market in spring. We just want to know, we want to be prepared. Those are my favorite type of sellers, by the way, where, you know, Hey, we're not doing this for six months. And yeah. Like then I have the person who calls and it's like, look what this market's doing. Can you have me on the market by Friday? Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You already have it. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, right? You can have it listed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they were really, really prepared. And when I was talking to them in the fall, they were like, well, it's the end of August or whatever. They're like, well, what do you think the market's going to look like next year? And I was like, listen, I have no idea. I was like, <laughs> we, remember, we were in an election year. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, this could have a lot to do with the administration. What's going to happen? Yeah. And, you know, and wow, boy, did it. It was they couldn't they could not believe how much like they were. They were like happy with six. Seven. They actually at one point were like. I, I don't know. Like we feel bad about that. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. you feel bad? Yeah. <laughs> my job is to get you the most. <laughs> no, money. that's right. amazing for sellers. Yeah. So if, yeah. but you just said a minute ago that people who weren't even planning to sell were selling. So it does, but it's, but if that was happening, why isn't there, an, why is there still not enough inventory? Right. There and we're enough of them actually doing yeah, it. Yeah. There weren't enough. Of, and yeah. I, w I was wondering if it has something to do with um, like rental properties too right and and if ten you know landlords couldn't be evicting their tenants and they couldn't sell even if they mm -hmm. wanted to I don't know if that's part of it or if that has there, there's enough rental properties to yeah. even affect that at all but I was just wondering if that's maybe like a small yes. part of it but so that's another part of it too is so even though um, you know they couldn't evict people they could sell their property if they wanted to but nobody in their right no investor would sell you know, wouldn't want to buy a place where no one's paying the rent. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, it was, um, but the rentals are very hard to come by. And people would say, oh, I'm just going to sell my house and rent. Now, that's good if you don't have 
like I have a couple that's doing that. Actually, they just moved out of their house this week. They literally sold because of the base where the market is right now. And we're selling this week, but they moved into their rental this week. But they, they didn't have to be as picky. They weren't yeah. looking at school systems. They weren't looking at, you know, walkability. They, they, they weren't, there were so many, it was just the two of them. You yeah. Know, the empty nesters. Yeah. So it made sense. Yeah. And then they'll decide in two years where they want to go. Yeah, that's a perfect situation, right? Um, all right, we're just going to take a quick break. Um, we're talking with Sharon McNamara, uh, broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. Um, you're listening to McNamara on Money. Did I already say that? I can't remember, but now we know for sure. Um, don't turn the dial. We're talking about real estate, all stuff real estate um, this morning. So lots more to come. We're just taking a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Kirk Reed from McNamara Financial. I often get asked, when should I start collecting Social Security? It's not always a quick question to answer, but an important one. If you'd like to have a conversation about your situation, give me a call at 781-834-2010 or check out McNamaraFinancial.com. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Um, joined this morning in studio by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. Good morning. Um, and by Auntie Sharon. <laughs> uh, my, uh, uh, we're joined by Sharon McNamara of Boston Connect Real Estate. She's joined, joining us remotely from her vacation. Thank you so much. And where's the, and where'd the dog go? I saw the dog, yeah. but then the dog disappeared. Where's Marley? Yeah, they, they walk on the beach. So. Uh, uh, oh, are you, are you guys on a dock or are you on a mooring or? Yeah, so we're in a mooring in Eggertown, which is like my favorite place to go. And um, right now we're really close to town, which is great, just going back and forth. Yeah. But right, um, right across from us is Chappie Beach. So um, we like to take the dogs over there in the morning and just walk the beach. And I usually bring a little trash bag with me and pick up trash and stuff because, <laughs> I don't know, if I'm going to enjoy it, <laughs> I want to keep it clean as well so because people are yeah. because people are irresponsible and you're doing your good deed for yeah. the day lovely yeah but uh, i would love to get you guys in here we can talk about this later but i'd love to get you and the girls out and we can have them jump off the back of the boat sometime oh so we would love it we, we can plan something next week yeah we would love it we i've never after. i've never been to edgar town i don't, I don't, I don't think so, so. What's the other one? Ocean's yeah. Bluff or whatever. Oak Bluff. Oak, Oak Bluff. Bluff. Oak I think Bluffs. I've been to Oak Bluff. I think we were there once. Yeah. Once in my life. We don't. We don't get out much. Very. We're not. Uh, <laughs> we're not. We're not boaters, really. I mean, you and you. You'd think that we were, given my dad's obsession with boats and and. Uh, oh yeah, your dad's uh, obsession uh, with fishing. Oh, let all me just growing up too. And but, yeah, his um. He gave Mark a fishing pole at the beginning of the season, and every single time Mark tries to, he's trying to catch one. I think he's trying to impress his brother, right? Mm. And like, I have to have the camera ready. And um, <laughs> two weeks ago, we were out, and we we're out in Negertown, and he's casting. And we had Mary with us, Mary and Sam. And um, Mary's like, wouldn't it be funny if you like caught the sailboat over there? And Mark's tugging and tugging and tugging. <laughs> so oh my God. Sailfish. Ah, he, said, yeah, he did. Right on the <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, first things first, I don't, I don't think it's called a fishing pole anymore. I'm pretty sure he'd be upset that you said that. I think it's a fishing oh. rod. Okay. Mm. Oh, so let's get rod. the terminology yeah, down. Rod. That, yeah, that much okay. I know. I don't. Um, okay. I can't even put, yeah. put an opinion in on that. Yeah, yeah, we're not boaters, but we're now campers, which I'm thinking is similar to a boat in terms of. Yeah, you're on land, I'm on water. Yeah, yeah, and I'm good with that. I, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait, I, yeah. I, I had a question, Sharon, about something we were yeah. talking about earlier about the appraisals and you know about how mm -hmm. you know it's really not, it's not like public information, and mm -hmm. I was wondering if. Perhaps part of that is that there's so much, you know, variation, but I don't know if that's the case. Like if like if two appraisers, you know, showed up at the at the, the same house the same day, mm. like what's you know, mm -hmm. could you could you offer any opinion about what, what the you know, the difference might be as far as values? Like yeah. could it be big or yeah. would they be pretty tight? They would be tight. Okay. So and that's when I'm helping somebody sell their home. So if I was to go to your home and give you an analysis, it's usually in two stops. Now some agents will say, Oh yeah, I know you have a you know four bedroom colonial, blah blah blah, and you're in Nashville. 
and then put something together. For me, I do it completely different. And I used to spend a lot of time on the fluff, like, oh, let me impress you with what we do for marketing and advertising. I feel like I've already sort of proven my worth in the industry after 20 years that I know how to sell houses. <laughs> and with my background too, I mean, I was at Reebok and I was in you know, a marketing and advertising. So, and that's the part I love, but I'm also very data driven. And what I do is very much an appraisal approach. And I go and look at people's homes, I'm taking notes, and then I bring them into the office and, or I do Zoom. And I bring them directly into MLS. And when I'm doing that, I'm saying, okay, here, so I can be extremely transparent. So I go in and I say, okay, an appraiser is gonna look at the last six months. He's gonna look at solds, basically. He looks at other things too, but for this, um, I'll just say solds. And then I'll say, okay, he's looking at four bedrooms because you are four bedrooms. And then I'll say Marshfield. And and then I always do like colonial. So I won't put in Cape. So with all this criteria and up pops the last six months of all the solds in it. So some people will go come to me and they'll say, oh, well, I feel that the value of my house is 900 based on the guy down the street sold his for eight, right? My house is always better. <laughs> and then there are people who are like, no matter oh, which you know, house like, it is, it's value. Yes. Better. Yeah. Yes. No matter yeah. what it yeah. is. Yes. Right? That's why this works so well. And <laughs> I'll go in there and I'll say, all right, great. Let's look at some $900,000 homes. Okay. So I open up a $900,000 home. It just happens to be new construction, which means, you know, it has the new roof and it mm -hmm. has a new heating system. It has new everything. It has all the white trim. It has the granite, the stainless. And then I'm like, all right, so do you compare, how do you compare this with your house? Where is that coming from? That noise. Well, you know what we we, we have a, we have a caller. Oh. Um, so perhaps um, oh. if we so maybe we could take a break and t talk to the caller. Okay, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, we have John in Marshfield. John, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Good morning. What's going on? Hey, uh, not too much. I was listening to your conversation, and something struck me. I want to find out if you agree with this. Like when I look at the market, the housing market right now. The one thing that's not outrageous is the payment to yeah. pay for to pay for these houses. So, so hear me out. Fair I enough. Think, yeah. I think what's going to happen is 10 years from now, you're going to see a generation of people who are married to their mortgage. Oh, yes. Who, who aren't necessarily in love with their house, but they're not going to leave their yes. house because they love mm. their payment. I Yes. And, 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 and mm -hmm. the reason I thought this is my son was just in the market. You know, typical millennial looking to move out of the city. Had a house built and his cost, and, and by the way, I think he overpaid for it, it you know, in our, in our lens. But you look at the payment, principal, interest, taxes, insurance, yeah. and it was what he's paying for rent. Yeah. So I 100% agree with you, and I'm glad you brought that up, John. There, there, you know, we think there's inventory issues now. I totally agree that, you know, five, ten years out, interest rates are higher. Um, I think there's going to be issues then as well, unless there's a lot of building going on, because people aren't going to want to move. Their mortgages are so awesome like you know that's a great point even though people are overpaying by a hundred or a couple hundred thousand dollars in, in extreme examples their payments for their mortgage payments aren't that much more than you know they would have than they would be if you know loans were a couple percentage points higher in terms of the interest rates right so i totally agree with you yes and what's what's totally counterintuitive Alyssa, is yeah. you've said something in the past that i agree with don't buy things based on the payment. Buy it on the price. Yeah. That is 99.9% the time the, the right thing. But you know what? This is the one exception where if you buy a new house and it's the house of your dreams and you're going to be there 30 years, the price doesn't almost matter. The payment does. And the yeah. thing is, but you better damn well make sure you, you love the house. I was, right. I was, I was going to say right. because if we have a correction in the real estate market, which is not hard to imagine, right, and prices mm -hmm. maybe dip for a little while, you better make sure you're good to stay there. If if you if the value goes on if the value goes down uh, you know a hundred thousand dollars and you're not going to want to sell it at that time. But I, I agree with you unless we have a, a correction in the real estate market and it's potentially long lasting. See, I think that's that too. I, I think that's actually not not relevant either because if it's a place you love, 
Yeah. And the 3200 a month is a payment you're very comfortable with for the rest of your life, adjusted with it increases, obviously, in you know, insurance and taxes. If it's a payment you love, the market doesn't matter. Because 20 years from now, if the market crashes or it doesn't, you own your payment. You're yes. going to be married to your payment. But you love your payment, right? But uh, No, I agree with you, John. But think about your millennial son. Is he going to want to stay there for right. 10, 15, 20 years? Yep. Absolutely. You think so? I don't know. I was thinking that generation no, 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 no. might move more more frequently than prior generations. No, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, ca- the huge caveat is it's the place of your dreams. Yeah. You know you're going to be there. You know you love the neighborhood. I know it's a lot of this. Yeah. But the one thing different is I think we're going to look differently on do I love the house or the mortgage. We've never thought really that's about the true. mortgage. That's true. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Sharon's trying to get in on this excitement. Go ahead, Sharon. Yeah, I know I am. I'm like, <laughs> it's a very at the bit because fun conversation. So right. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, John, if you've been listening since the beginning and Kurt and Alyssa, remember what I was saying. What happened to us in 2004 and 2005 when banks were just giving us the money, right? People easily left the keys on the on the counter and mm. walked away when the market did decline. So here's the thing: as much as we hope that John's, you know, son stays forever in love and married, we do have this thing called death, divorce, and disability, and we also have people who relocate. So people are yeah. always selling. Yeah. What's the difference is, and this is what I'm worried about, and this is why I called this market reckless: is people are buying houses and they're offering two hundred thousand dollars over asking, but they're giving real cash so they they sold the house and somebody gave us five hundred thousand dollars down so they had a small mortgage a small mortgage payment but if anything goes crazy anybody loses a job or they can't divorce death disability whatever it is and they decide to sell that house and the market has declined at that point guess what they're not playing with the bank's money anymore they're playing with theirs yeah that's, that's hard equity cash that they're throwing away. Yeah. Absolutely right. In the real world, you're right. I'm just saying that conceivably, the one, you know, there, there could be someone out there who does find the house of their dreams and never wants to leave and stays married forever and loves to be in that neighborhood. Yeah. And for them, the price doesn't matter. I agree that's not my deal. But what, the other thing is, this is going to be a that's complicating true. factor in the market 10 years from now. People are going yeah. to say, do I give yes. up that fixed two and seven eighths percent mortgage to move up or down? I think it's going to freeze the market again. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right, John. And you know what also might be a factor going forward is that I wonder if there won't be as many people relocating for work because yeah. now working remotely will be so much more common, right? And people might not have to move across the country to take, you know, a certain job or it'll be less frequent, I would imagine. So that can would be a factor as well in terms of inventory. Mm-hmm. Going forward, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so and too, John is one hundred percent right yeah. that people are already statistically we're seeing that people are staying in their homes longer than they previously were. So, okay. National Association of Realtors, statistically, it used to be between like seven and eight years. Now we're already seeing that trickling higher into ten and twelve years. But just think, we have low inventory now. So, if all yep. these people who are buying these houses now, we're going to really have low inventory. So, we're going to need new construction to to help fill this void. You're right. Right. The one thing I'd mention is, you know, I'm actually a believer that the interest rates we have out in the curve are not artificial because they're basically set by the market based on low inflation expectations. But if we normalize to what just your typical 10-year treasury is, which is what mortgages are pegged to, you're probably looking at about 4.5% mortgages. Yeah. That's probably normal. And if that's normal, Normal is going to freeze people at two and three quarters percent fixed for thirty years. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Even think just you're psychologically, right. yeah, they're like yeah. they don't want to give that up, even if even if they do because they don't always do the math. They're just like, oh, I don't want to go up, you know, pay more interest. Yeah. 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 And, I can, and we're and I can seeing this. Home, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I uh, here's one thing too that I'm sort of. You know, everybody's trying to follow suit now because I'm actually, I'm, I just purchased a new car. I'm picking it up next week. And um, I went to a place in Boston and I was like, all right, this is the car I want. And then I'm looking at the manufacturer's price, right? The MSRP. And they're like, all right, well, we add 5000 to that. Oh. I go, why? And they're like, because we're Be- because they can demand because they can. Yeah, I, they can. Right like now. Yeah, and demand. I'm like, hmm. I was like, he goes, well, you're in real estate. You understand how this works. And I go, well, I don't see 39 other people trying to bid on this car right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, well, we only have three in stock. Yeah, I just, I just took delivery of a car. 
that the dealer would have paid me $10,000 more to not drive away. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're That's having... the reality. Where, and you know what? Yeah. I could probably get a lot more than that. But yeah. like, it's crazy. It, like, the economics have been thrown out the window. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I was forced to use... Um, I'm just doing a small loan, and I was doing the financing, and I the aspect of it, and they gave me this astronomical rate. I want to tell you, like, my credit score, by the yeah. way, is like 807 or something, right? So I'm like, I'm going to get a good rate. Yeah. Right? Bank of America came back at 9.7%. Oh. <laughs> on a $25,000 loan for like three years. That's insane. And I was like, that must I, be no, a mistake. Oh my God. No, well, you know what? What? Here, here's the truth, though. Did they want somebody? Because the woman kept on saying to me, well, you have such a small loan. You have such a small loan. And I was like, but that should is it perhaps perhaps yeah. they just want somebody who has a higher loan so they're making more money yeah yeah, yeah. oh you that's know, I, so I, I couldn't figure it out i was like do you want me to buy this car no i didn't buy the one in boston by the way i went i went local and i stayed in hanover so i'm getting <laughs> a range rover and um yeah so they didn't add the five thousand dollars on top of it which i walked away from boston that they yeah. have the general manager out there trying to tell me how it works. Oh, and I was like, awful. please don't tell me how it works. I don't need a car, I want a car. Yeah. yeah. The problem with housing is a lot of people need housing. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Well, Interesting. I'm, I'm Bank right of America, there. thank you very much. Yeah. Enjoyed your enjoyed uh, your commentary though. It's very, very good. And you know, your point about the about proposition two and a half is a very good one too, because I've been my, my rate of inflation has been exactly double that two and a half. That's because the property's appreciated. Yeah. So I mean you're looking at doubles every fourteen years. That's that's so that's inflation that retirees have to consider. Yeah. I'm I'm worried about that aspect of it, John. I really am yes. in and I don't know that there's enough people. I'm also on the affordable housing committee for the town of Pembroke. And, I, and I'm and i also I'm an applicant right now for the committee for the safety buildings because we need new fire. And it, and what, what are we going to just keep on asking our seniors? I, and I, this is how I really feel like it should be. Like, I'd be happy to give twice as much, not so because I can afford to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, to you know, maybe I give 200 a year or whatever it is versus having a senior who's on such a limited income, you know, and they're shopping off the clearance rack at, you know, stop and shop and getting, you know, we gold fruit. I, I don't want that for our seniors. And I'm really, really worried about that aspect of it. Yeah. And don't, don't the town, I know I'm like in Marshfield, they offer some sort of a discount or something on property taxes. If they, if the seniors help out at the senior center volunteer or something like that. Right. Is that, do all the towns have that? I know Marshfield has that. I don't know, but that's that's a good thing. They they do. I think you can, I don't know the details, but you can volunteer or something so many hours and they, I don't know if they discount or they, or they waive the property taxes. Um, I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't have the details on that though. Call, call town hall. (laughs) When I went, when I went to get my beach sticker, I went to town hall just like two years ago and the, the woman I dealt with, uh, actually was on that program. Yeah. Um, so they are actually allowing those people yeah. to work different jobs to kind of work off part of what they owe on their property tax. But it's it's a real problem because the, yeah. it's changed. The demographics of our the neighborhood I live in are changing, and I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of millennials who are getting decent incomes are replacing elderly people who can't afford to be here. Yeah. And I just think that that's in a way kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and a lo- I mean, another reason that a lot of people go south, not just for the weather, but for cost of living and not just cost of real estate, like, cause cost of real estate in Florida is getting, is getting pretty expensive, I think. Um, but, but just, but, but, you know, upkeep and property taxes and things like that. And just cost of living lower down there. Now I see a lot of people going to the Carolinas. Maybe that's like, I'm calling yep. it the new Florida because mm-hmm. Florida, the prices in Florida seem to have inflated quite a bit, a lot of demand, right? Speaking of supply and demand and, mm-hmm. and now the Carolinas just, you know, just for, for another reason that people are doing that. It's just so it can be unaffordable mm-hmm. to live in this area of the world, especially on a fixed income. Yeah. And, and, which and, is another reason why we're seeing a lot of multi-generational living. So yeah. one of the things we're seeing, especially in my new construction, is homes where people can build in-laws. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
you know, on the properties. And, you know, I had somebody actually that I was talking to and they were in this crazy market and overbidding, overbidding, overbidding. And they're like, you know, my parents have a beautiful home. I think it was in the Eastern area. And we're actually thinking maybe we should buy my parents' home and just put an in-law on it and they can live in the in-law. And I was like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, mm. it's happening. I really think it's a great idea. It's happening all over the place. I know so and many people right. that mm-hmm. are doing that. It's an even bigger idea now. Like just a real life example, in my son's case, he's got a three bedroom, two and a half bath place. Adequate for his needs right now, but it might not be 10 years from now. The thing that's really important to him was make sure there was a finishable, a, a basement, a basement that could easily be finished, so yes. partially finished. Yes. Uh, because you start thinking, okay, mm-hmm. you know, when I when it's time for me to do my move up, I might not want to do a move up. I might want to keep this two and three four, quarter percent forever money. Yeah. Yeah. and stay right here. So yeah. I think that's a huge issue. And he's smart to think about that, or you're smart to help him think about that, John, because, yeah, based on that interest rate, he might be there for a very, very long time. You're right. Well, I kept him at my house for an extra eight months during the pandemic so he could afford to, be, yeah. <laughs> afford, afford to win out the build. So. Yeah, so you had a, work out. a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for the call, John. You've been incredible. Really, really good points that you um, brought up. Anything else you wanted to chat about? I think that's it. I, I really enjoy your show, too. I listen to the podcast and I work out. It's great. Oh, <laughs> thank you, John. Have a great day. So, John, John, John yeah. I need John to call on Tuesday night um, for my show because he was literally <laughs> a very, very good call. Oh, yeah. Tuesday night, John, I need you to call. We're on, we're on right, at 6.15 every Tuesday myself. night. <laughs> All right. Take care, John. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, okay. yeah, I thought, yeah, that was... He was a, re- a, he was a great oh, yeah, because yeah. life, right? Re- that's real life stuff there. And it was such a good point right. he brought up about people might be in their homes for mm-hmm. a lot longer than the average right now, which, what is the average, 10 years right now? It's come up a little yeah. bit from seven years it was for a while. Mm-hmm. and But I think, you know, part of, part of the problem, I mean, that yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, it, because real estate is so emotional that... You know, you think, oh, yeah, we're going to, yes, I love this house today, but it's, you know, sometimes you just kind of force it, I feel like, especially when there's limited inventory and you're like, I need something and you kind of settle, but yeah. you tell yourself that you love it settle, and you're going to be, yeah. and that you're going to be there forever. And I just don't, I just don't know that that's reality. Yeah. Um, people, well, people, people's opinions change all the time, <laughs> much quicker than they think they're going to. Yeah. Um, and I just... So I just, I get, it just makes me nervous when people are overextending, even though I understand that interest rates are low and, you know, maybe payments are affordable, but, um, I, you know, I just, I think they're spending more than they should, uh, because they either, they feel they need to, or that they, they feel like, you know, it is, it is going to be a long-term thing. And I just don't, I just don't know if that's, Mm -hmm. that's always the case. Even with like with the two of you and I remember when we were helping, you know, find, you know, your, you know, after you left the condo and you were buying that first home. And I think that that was before the kids maybe or yeah, because I know you had the dogs. And um, I remember that one house that Alyssa fell in love with on a busy street. It was in Norwell. And I said, you know what? You're better off on a better street, not a better street, like, but like not busy with a lesser house that you can fix and put your equity into it. And I think your timing was off a little bit when it came to that whole equity increase and everything, but you had a much easier time selling something on that side street because the street is never going to change. So it seems like John's son probably made a decision that he built a house in an area that he'll be able to stay in. Like where you are now, I don't see any reason for you guys to leave where you are now ever, really, you know? Right. what you, you have everything that you need and even when the girls are off and in college and all of that it's still manageable you know so we're gonna need we're gonna so, need a bigger driveway uh, when the kids start driving yeah we need yeah. that we need a new garage yeah. for the camper mm-hmm. um okay hold on so 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 we were just talking about um i just wanted to do some quick math because we all love numbers here right so so the the point regarding <laughs> Thanks for that view, Sharon, of the water in Edgartown. Um, I want so, you to see what's coming. But the oh, point, yeah. oh, beautiful. The point regarding the payment not being much more, like people, over, in quotes, overpaying for real estate right now, but interest rates are so low and their payments compared to if they weren't overpaying, but interest rates were more normal. Um, I just wanted to, to to add a little bit of color to that and, and throw out some numbers. So for example, a $500,000 mortgage. So let's go back to your $650,000 CAPE or your 679 CAPE, Sharon. So let's say they were putting some money down 
if they were taking a $500,000 mortgage, let's do a 30-year mortgage, and let's say if interest rates were like, uh, uh, I guess I'll use quotes, normal, like very long-term normal, let's use 4.5%, right? So, which are not, for people that have really good credit, not not a normal interest rate right now, but very long-term normal, 4.5-5%, right? So if I did 45 the payment on that over 30 years, $500,000 loan is like $2,500 a month, just principal and interest. Now let's do a $700,000 loan. So these people overpay by a couple hundred thousand. Let's say they can get a $700,000 loan and today's interest rates, that could be two and a half percent, right? Maybe 275. Mm-hmm. The payment on that is twenty seven fifty. A two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars swing, but a swing of two percent mm-hmm. on a thirty year note. The payment's almost the same. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what yep. John was bringing that point up. And thank you for that again. Is that if you think of it in terms of the payment? It's not really different. So, and that's the way that people are thinking. I'm 100% sure when people are throwing an extra 200 grand on that offer, they're not thinking about 200 grand. They're looking at the payment, unless it was their dad crashing 401ks and putting cash down, then maybe there's a payment to <laughs> right, dad. There could right. be, you know, a payment back to dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember when we were shopping for maybe our house in Norwell, like our first house together, I can remember thinking of it in that way and not really thinking about the 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 price mm-hmm. of the piece of real estate because that's kind of daunting thing to think about when you're, you know, twenty eight or whatever and, and you're mm-hmm. and you're buying your first house. Like the thought of that much money at that point in your life is is I was just sort of overwhelmed by it. But when you kind of boil it down to okay, what's my monthly payment, right? Then that makes um I don't know, it's a lot easier to think about. And I can remember thinking about like Kirk and I were, I don't know, when we were making offers or whatever, or looking at different pieces of real estate. And, and back at, you know, back then it was the difference of twenty or thirty thousand dollars, right? Maybe not two hundred, but but you're kind of like, well, but the payment's not that much. It's I try, ten bucks a month. You know what I mean? Like it's I know. I try it, I try it, to get her to think yeah. the same way about cars, but I haven't quite gotten her there yet. Uh she doesn't quite feel the same way about no, cars. Yeah. Yeah. No. But but isn't that interesting? You that, get a new car too. Mark and I are on opposite pages. <laughs> no, yeah. I still no. drive my old Honda Pilot and I love it and I don't want a car payment but um, Kirk is totally different mm-hmm. he likes new cars um, we should probably take a break in a minute here oh we should take a break but isn't that interesting that payment was almost the same mm-hmm. of a swing of 200 grand but 2% on the, on the interest mm-hmm. rate over 30 years yep. can really add up oh and don't even get me started on what the total payments on that loan would be over time that would be huge we should do that <laughs> We should do that after the break. But all right, we're going to just uh, take a quick break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed, joined this morning by uh, Kirk Reed, my business partner, my husband, and um, Sharon McNamara, broker, owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. We're talking about all things real estate this morning. Uh, we're just taking a break. We'll be right back.